Welcome to the Loop Podcast, the podcast that deep dives what works today when it comes to marketing to the modern buyer. I'm your host, John Beck, Global Head of Paid at Cognizim, and I'm delighted to be joined by my guest, Adi Hagak from Metadata. Hey, Adi, how are you doing? Hey, how's it going, Chan Burke? Uh, really good? Yeah, yeah, it is Monday, and you know, Mondays are all about looking through emails and trying to find if there's any proper outbound email. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you for joining and I'm so pumped and I, to be fair, have so, so many questions for you. Uh, and I would first like to start with uh, the MetaMatch product-led growth experiment. So how is the product-led growth going? Um, way better than we thought it would by this time uh, where we are, but obviously there is so much to yet to be done. Um, when you're setting up a new uh, motion to market, uh, it's it's a never-ending uh, process. Um, we have, you know, we have not expected the amount of registrations and, and and trials that we've had, and we're working very hard on now making it so that anyone and everyone will be able to use uh, uh, somewhat more sophisticated ways of, of doing their uh, dimension um, without the the full uh, platform experience uh, uh, that is metadata. Uh, just creating a self-serve experience out of the uh, audience selection bit, the ability to link up and sync up all of your audiences um, through your CRM or through our system. Um, but I think that we knew already coming into this that the market needed um, self-serve, kind of generate an audience from wherever and be able to to drop uh, ads to the audience. So. Again, the, it surprised us uh, um, as far as the, the number of registrations, and, and we're now uh, making sure that it is a, a, a simple, easy-to-use uh, product uh, so that um, it will be able to support the masses we're really expecting uh, um, to use that. Yeah. Amazing, because uh, when you think about metadata, like last year, that was not even pricing on the website. Then you edit the pricing. Now you are going to self-serve. And it is actually a bit interesting because not all of the companies actually do that. Like if a company is targeting enterprise, they try to stay on the enterprise level, but you did the opposite. And it was a really bold move. How did you decide that? So I think that Two people here, three people needs to take the credit, and I'm not one of them. Uh, Jason uh, wide up the VP marketing of uh, metadata. Um, Ray Taft, the CIO, and of course, uh, Gil, uh, the, the founder, the CEO. Um, they saw that the market needed something um, very contained in that 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 would be manifested through uh, MetaMatch, very contained in its offering, but uh, very compelling in a way that we all need uh, a way to target across um, across socials, whether it would be Facebook, LinkedIn, and in instances where you have the first party cookie, of course, uh, Google. Mm -hmm. uh, so I believe that they saw the potential in supplying the market with a self-service offering. Now, obviously, it would have two benefits. One is creating its own value prop, its own business unit within metadata. Uh, and the second is 
organizations that would find themselves now um, really looking to get now the next level with the multivariate experimentation and the inclusion of all of the different uh, bells and whistles and features of metadata. And I know that from being a client of metadata from, you know, from Optimove, I was director of marketing there. Um, so I believe that they saw the, the dual ways in which it can serve us. Now, as for the pricing, I believe it is a matter of every industry as it matures, every vertical, every niche, as it matures, uh, the offerings become more standardized. <laughs> and when uh, the offering is somewhat more standardized, you can now move to a more unit economic based mathematics rather than, oh, you get this feature and that feature and this, like, no, this is the platform. These are the features, right? If you want, you can mm -hmm. have some this add-on or that add-on, but as far as the core platform, th that's the platform we serve. Um, and if that's the case, well, now we're just talking about, you know, how many records under management. And it doesn't matter if we're talking about metadata or any other company. At the end of the day, if you're and most uh, uh, SaaS providers are in the business of uh, 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 renting out records under management, right? You manage mm -hmm. records for your clients, you host that data, you do a lot of uh, 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 resource-consuming uh, efforts on that data. And at the end of the day, I believe that every industry's nirvana should be at a place where we show this is the pricing, these are the unit economics. And, you know, uh, if, if the features are compelling enough for you, if the offering is compelling enough for you, you will see the value. Um, I get why it's hard to do that on the early days of any industry. So I'm not knocking anyone for not having a transparent um, um, pricing. But I believe, you know, us marketers, we all know that we like getting to a website, see the pricing, realize, is this thing in our budget? Is it worth my time to now look through the ebooks and the videos and the demos and the da 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 because if it's twice my annual spend, then you know you don't want to go into Ferrari shop with with a hundred bucks in your in your. It's just why it's just a pain. It's it's there's no no uh, uh, no good thing can come out of it. So, yeah. Exactly, and I totally agree with you. Like there was one tool I don't even remember their name. I had this call with them like two months ago. They were optimizing the Google traffic, and there was no pricing, but the tool seemed interesting. So I went to the website, got the demo, and in the call, in the second call, they told me that the uh, price was seventy k. And I said, "There is no way I can afford that," and they were so persistent you know they were like we need to speak with your cmo we need to get uh this for you and i'm like dude 70k is something that i will never pay to you and it was like three calls and it was a waste of time for me for them and it took like two weeks for me to get the pricing out of it so uh, in my other uh, role in life i'm an adjunct professor at uh, tel aviv university and they teach more the B2C side of marketing, uh, experimentation methods and A-B testing and all of that, AI into B2C. And I believe that in B2B, the more we try to look like B2C 
uh, the better we are in understanding our clients in the following sense. I if couldn't agree more. The client more. has no budget, the client won't have budget now. It's not going to change. Uh, it is actually a bit interesting how B2B is adapting B2C tactics a lot in the last couple of years. And now we are seeing it in pricing. We saw it in the self-report attribution. Uh, and when you think about that, actually, uh, the basics are similar. And somehow B2B was so away from what the actual marketing was. And now it feels like it is getting a bit closer. And and yes, absolutely. And the main reason, in my opinion, to what you just said is that the technology now exists to allow you to treat B2B audiences as if they're B2C. So if we're looking 10 years ago, what did you have as far as automated data enrichment tools? What did you have as far as automated campaign orchestration tools? As far as taking all the data, de-anonymizing data, it was a <laughs> lot of fluff. So as a marketer, you couldn't take B2C approach. Even if you were the most savant, the most B2C-oriented, AI-oriented type of marketer that understands the power of the masses and segmentation and all of that, you didn't have the tools. So, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to blame uh, uh, um, B2B as, a, as an industry um, more than to say it is very re exciting, refreshing, in my uh, geeky opinion, cool, <laughs> uh, that we're getting to a point that you can treat a B2C, a B2B buyer as if they are a B2C buyer uh, in the attention to detail, attention to their interest, attention to their wants and needs and, and, and treating the buying cycle, the, the people that are uh, involved in whatever it is you're selling, are treating them like a household, like Netflix would treat, uh, 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 you know, uh, parents and children and and how they would market them. You're so right. And actually, I'm going to expand this a bit because this is something that I have been thinking a lot recently and I've been researching a lot. And to be fair, I didn't think uh, about your perspective before. Like now we can segment in a much better uh, way. We have much more data. And from my point of view, it was also because of the number of tools in the market. And uh, like last week, I checked uh, the blog post of Scott Brinker, and he has been uh, promoting the MarTech landscape. Compared to 2011, the number of MarTech companies increased by 73x. Compared to last year, they increased by like 10%. And everyone is promoting their product. Every company says their product will be uh, will help for your company to make profit, will get your company be more efficient. But when you think about that, if every company is promoting the same stuff, then you need to be able to choose uh, wisely and you don't need to, you don't have any time anymore to uh, get an another ebook. You don't have any time for another demo. And companies who are adopting this human approach, this B2C approach are getting much benefit because uh, they are getting, uh, they are, getting out of this uh, classical B2B landscape. And that's what modern buyers are wanting. No, no doubt about it. If you take any uh, well-known success stories, and I'm not going to talk about the ones that are, you know, we're not going to say chat GPT because it's, yeah, it's way more than just marketing. But if you take 
any one of the extremely successful uh, companies uh, in the B2B MarTech landscape, they are the ones that have created a movement. Uh, like if I'm thinking about Monday.com, for example, uh, they knew how to serve marketers. Now, you know, before Monday, there were many, many, many uh, uh, tools to, uh, 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 to manage agile teams on. Mm-hmm. Monday understood that marketers and product managers had very, very specific types of ways to talk to, to talk with, uh, and, and they were very successful at creating a movement that way. Um, so I, I, in, in its core, it is uh, a B2C type of uh, ex, you know, experience where you know, there, are, there are marketers now or MOPS uh, people, uh, SOPS people that would come into a company and would say, hold on, you don't have Zapier? What are we? What are we doing here, right? So it became some sort of a tool that uh, the professional understands. I need to come to my new position with that tool in my belt. And in my opinion, uh, it is safer to go there as as you go to market. It is safer to go there through the eyes of the client, um, the eyes of the user i hate that word uh, they're mm-hmm. a client much like a client of a farm shop or a, or a, you know any sort of retail business nike which i'm a huge uh, fanboy of um, why am i a fanboy of nike is it because uh, um, uh, their product is so superior to any type of you know other shoe brand probably not if you judge it by you know quantitative uh, matrix, but there is something about the, the feeling they create in me as a, as a consumer, as a client of theirs that is, that is different. And in my opinion, the more B2B companies that would go there, and we're already seeing, I'm not saying anything that is you know, groundbreaking, we're already seeing many that do, uh, they would go there to the, to the areas of really putting ourselves in the eyes of the client, like Jobs said, right? Start with the customer and work your way back. The, the old uh, adage. And and in essence, nothing changed since then. Start with the client and work your way back. Make sure that that you're able to see how your platform, software, tool, SaaS, whatever you want to call it, how it fits in the tool belt of your clients, and whether they are marketers, IT personnel. Uh, uh, FinOps people, wherever and however, they have their unique needs and their unique use cases, and each vertical has their own spin on that unique use case. And if you want to really serve your clients, you got to understand the you know the different intricacies that make them different. Yeah, I think on this point, uh, the meta match public release, the beta prog- the demo program uh, was something like this, I believe. Because when you think about that, your target audience are marketeers. And marketeers needed to see the proof of concept before signing up a deal that is like 40 grand, 50 grand. And now uh, you are doing that. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Marketers, marketeers are all about unit economics. And if you're not about unit economics, you're, you probably need a good, uh, a good shape <laughs> in 2023, 2024. Uh, which means for us, 
I strongly believe, and this is obviously just my personal opinion, and I am biased because I do work for metadata, but I was a client beforehand. I strongly believe that on their own, each and every one of the suites of metadata's uh, products um, can be tested alone and be proven to, uh, uh, to work. Uh, the easiest one for us to bring to market was the MetaMatch audiences. Um, but obviously, when you think about our uh, capabilities for the enterprise on the paid search side, on the multivariate experimentation, then you start to think, okay, would we want to go to a place where uh, there is a guided experience? Again, the full platform of metadata is, is, you know, is something that for you'll need a proper marketing team to, to use. Uh, but is there a way to make it for, uh, something that even if you're just a team of two, your team can really extract the max out of out of you know the B2B landscape because what what is it that we're trying to optimize on? We're trying to get your CPM down, your CPC down, right? And how do you do it? You create better audiences, you create better stories, you reach the people that are your audiences, and you create a mechanism that would enable the full automation of all of that. Now, audiences in, in, in the first sense of knowing who your TAM, you know, who your audiences are, there's many, many ways for you to do it. As far as we're concerned on, on MetaMatch, whether you do it on your CRM with additional tools, obviously, uh, Cognizant is a great one to do it uh, with, uh, and then connect it through MetaMatch to your social platforms. For us, the, the, the ability for you to connect something that you just couldn't automatically connect and deploy to LinkedIn, to Facebook, uh, um, and run really unique approaches, really segmented approaches to support what we just said in the previous segment. You want to now be able to offer one video for the insurance fintech vertical and one video for the retail fintech vertical. Those are two different use cases. You need to show them different validations, right? different customer success stories, they're, they probably have different names for their KPIs, right? What they call a user. In gaming, they call them um, uh, uh, a bettor, right? In retail, they call them a, a, a customer, right? All of those things, when you have the data and you have the ability to deploy the data into uh, your B2B platform, now you can really get creative and do the things we just said. Work your way through what the customer needs rather than, you know, the... You and I both know how a, a Middle Eastern bazaar look like. Right? <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, we do. We do. And you, you, I never wanted to be the person shouting my goods in the middle of a crowded market or a crowded bazaar. You want to you wanna have your clients who know what you are selling come in and have a more, uh, call it, um, boutique approach. Um, yeah. So the tools that you and I are talking about, Cognizem, uh, uh, MetaMatch, and... and, and Many others that serve and, and were mentioned here, Monday and Zapier, are all about creating uh, 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 scalable ways to create mass uh, um, uh, user um, engagement and a very personalized one at that. Yeah, definitely. And when you think about it, like if you have both Cognizant and MetaMatch, like you can go to Facebook and 
reach your ICP in like 10x cheaper way than you do on LinkedIn. Like the you remember the, the exactly what you said. The alternative would be let's let's play the alternative game. You don't have Cognizant, you don't have MetaMatch, right? You either go to LinkedIn. We know that you know CPM per CPM, LinkedIn versus people. Not even a question, right? Uh, when I say Facebook, I mean the meta suite of platforms: Facebook, Instagram, etc. And then the other bit of it is: Are you really able to reach only the people you want, or are you getting a basket, like a gift basket, with some chocolates and a bunch of straw? Now, what you and I are suggesting is: Let's take the straw. Out. Just, just take this. The, the you know the the chocolates Let, let's repackage them in a much more uh, uh, in a much smaller compact interesting compelling box rather than selling a gigantic basket of uh, of uh, you know straw yeah like you also probably know about uh, my post on linkedin i honestly uh spent like five percent more last quarter on facebook but my pipeline was five hundred percent more and this was for a reason like it it was to be able to reach people, the same people probably, uh, but this time I use the meta platform. And when you think about it, it is crazy because uh, this basically using like Cognizant and Metadata together basically provides you a complete new channel uh, in which you can target the same people, but somehow in a way cheaper price. And now I'm going to pause here, stick a pin in it and say, not only is that interesting in the sense that it opens meta platforms, now it asks every marketer, it makes every marketer ask themselves. If we go back to McLoin, right, and I'm sorry for being so academic with everything, <laughs> but when, when he posited that the medium is the message, now meta, and within meta we talk about Facebook and Instagram, mm -hmm. those are two different mediums. Are we running the same ads? that we did when we could only do LinkedIn? I don't know, that's a question. Let's take a look at the feed. Is it more, Is my should my ad now be more mobile compatible? Should my format be now 916? Should it be a video rather than uh, a banner? And even if I can just do an animated banner, would that work more than a static banner image? All of these are questions that when you open up yourself to a new medium, you must not uh, uh, use the same uh, content that you've now, you know, that worked for you on LinkedIn. It was amazing on LinkedIn, no doubt about it. And and now that, that means you, you need to go back to your design team, your creative partners and say, hey, team, um, what do we think, you know, Meta is a different platform. How does that look? Because we just talked about start with the customer and then work your way back. Right, Steve Jobs. So we're now on their Instagram story feed. We should respect that real estate uh, that is different enough and treat it as such. Okay, because you took Cognizant and only created a list of the people that are in this vertical, in that vertical, in that title, blah, 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 blah. amazing. And now you connected it to MetaMatch to allow you to deploy to, to Facebook, amazing. But it almost immediately compels you to ask two questions. A, my creative, my story, my brand, how does it look in this new medium? And B, did I create everything I needed as far as the automation and the enablement? Uh, because, you know, 
the form submit is not going to be the same. The, the time they spend on everything is now uh, different. Uh, so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's just a, like every technological leap, it contains two elements. One that is the pure, here is how you do this with electricity versus we, before you had electricity. That's easy. But now that we have electricity, is there a better way we can use the people that we have here? Is there now a way for us to treat the entire game differently? I believe the answer is yes. Obviously, if you don't get from my uh, 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 intonation, <laughs> I believe that the answer is yes. Definitely. And to be fair, we had the same issue. Like, uh, first, I didn't want to get new designs, new stuff from the creative team because we didn't know if Facebook was going to work, even though we used the Cognizant audience with metadata. But uh, we start with using the creatives that were most likely to work on uh, Facebook, like definitely not as educative as we have on LinkedIn, but like less formal, uh, more casual. And uh, for the first couple of weeks, we tested. And what we were looking at, like the CTR engagement rate, and we were seeing that, okay, this is the right audience because this audience is engaging. However, we are still not there because even though now we found our audience, now we need to get the proper content. And after that, the creative team started to work on uh, Facebook-like content, Instagram-like content. Yes. And that's how we ended up uh, having this pipeline. Yes. And again, the, the old adage, the medium is the message. You now have a different medium. We all, like most of us who are in the right ed age, remember when uh, in scale, uh, marketing stopped, uh, let's call it, investing all of its money into pure outbound emails. Obviously, you still do, everyone still does outbound emails, but it is no longer, you know, we all remember when social came in and changed that game. Well, what did we do? We sat together, we created new copies, new, this is how you treat the description text on LinkedIn. It is not the same that we did with uh, the intro of an email. Uh, same thing. You've now opened Facebook. Facebook is not LinkedIn. The, the time you spend on the app, the way you spend on the app, Instagram is not Facebook. The agent, uh, yeah. On this topic, uh, what I'm going to ask you here as a di digital marketer, how would you differentiate your value proposition for meta match on Facebook, Instagram versus LinkedIn? Okay, so the value prop is the same value prop. It's all about how how does the medium serve me uh, 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 to convey that value prop um across so let's start with the basic what is the value prop of metamatch take an audience i don't care whether you take it from your crm a csv that you have or the list of sources that i have here you know technographic uh, uh, intent all of that i don't care where you take it you can take that audience and deploy it across linkedin and facebook that's my value prop, and you can do it in a very very uh, uh um inexpensive way that's my value so LinkedIn, let's say I do a, a, a document ad on LinkedIn, right? That's one thing that I know I would want to give it more of a, a one, two, three, four type of slide. One, set up your audience. 
Two, connect your audience to your platforms. Three, run the campaigns. Four, see the ROI and measure the results. And if I do it on a video that's nine, six, so that would be the document ad on LinkedIn. That's, let's call it very uh, PC, uh, 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 as in a personal computer. Mm-hmm. And, and, and um, uh, LinkedIn B2B hardcore based. That's one. Um, where if I do a 916 video that's uh, talking about, uh, that's going to be deployed on, on, on Instagram uh, story, I'm just going to focus on here is how you create the audience. Boom, 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 click, click. Uh, you have 12 seconds max before they scroll up. It's not going to be a four-step uh, uh, slide. You cannot, you don't have that attention. And keep in mind, when they click, it is unlikely that they would uh, 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 finish their registration from their mobile right now. It is a brand awareness activity, uh, uh, at least to begin with. Maybe they will come back to it, right? Uh, uh, um, but you got to keep the medium uh, uh, in your back pocket when you change how you approach the same value prop. The value prop shouldn't uh, dramatically change as a result of the medium. Then in this case, uh, instead of value prop, uh, what you mean is that KPIs will change depending on the medium, but value prop will stay the same. In 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 many ways, yes, uh, and and also again the way you package uh, your story, uh, uh, the sheer fact that it is, you know, twelve second, thirty second video that you have, you gotta drop all of the uh, correct. Uh, uh, um, storylines into that compels you to be a little bit more uh, um, aggressive than you would uh, had you talked on, uh, you know, if, if we're talking about a, a documented on LinkedIn. Yeah, actually about this, uh, this is something that we have been talking a lot at Cognizm lately about like how the traditional marketing funnel change, how actually it doesn't really work and it doesn't reflect uh, how real buyers buy. Like they can click on Instagram and they might not convert, but it doesn't mean that Instagram is not working. Uh, and when you think about that, like there's no neat way for buyers to go through the linear process. So like if we aren't mapping our as to certain stages in the funnel, uh, how do you think should we look at serving as and make sure that they still get the relevant uh, interest, relevant conversion? The end must be what you just said. It must be a comprehensive way to look into account through all the different signals, through all the different activities and attribute all of that. Obviously, those of you uh, who know uh, metadata, the full platform, you know that you know we have a lot of uh, 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 features that supports your ability to do that. But here is the thing. No one tool does that. And no one tool should do that for you. Every marketer, in my opinion, needs to build their own Uh, call it a uh, uh, build their own uh, uh, go-to-market um, um, SaaS platform that contains many, many, many. You know, you have your CRM, your marketing automation. You have your ABM uh, 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 tools. I don't really love that word. You have your <laughs> data providers. You have your content providers. You have your channels. You have all of that. But you need to now map the APIs run it all, make sure that you have one data lake that allows you to make informed decisions based on all of these engagement points. 
And as a result of that, you must be serving different content. It cannot be that uh, a person that have never heard of you and a person that have visited your website 30 uh, uh, times uh, this past month are seeing the same content. It, it is uh, uh, opposed to any marketing uh, uh, methodology that we grew up learning mm -hmm. uh, uh, in the biz. Yeah, and to understand this journey better, uh, do you use self-reported attribution? Do you, sorry? Do you use self-reported attribution to understand this journey better? So attribution is absolutely, absolutely part and parcel for it and uh, uh, is is a, a mandatory part of it. But attribution is an end outcome of a good uh, uh, flow of systems and softwares and API connections that at the end of the day roll up to a mathematical function that we call attribution. But that's all there is. And that's all it is. Attribution is kind of a scorecard to your marketing and sales operations. Yeah, actually, your ability yeah. to know Your ability to know whether your dollars are spent wisely is in essence a scorecard to your marketing uh, ops and sales ops. And the thing is like, I think everyone needs to agree that attribution will never be perfect. Like even if you use self-report attribution, people will probably remember only their last touch point, but they won't be able to remember all of the journeys. And currently, like we are seeing at least like tens of different touch points. Uh, there's YouTube, there's Instagram, but when you actually try to calculate, there is no main platform. Like each platform, is contributing to other platform but we need to what we learned is that we need to take this holistic approach and i believe that's why facebook and instagram are so important uh they are an integral part of this holistic approach you cannot just limit yourself with only linkedin and google anymore yes uh in essence uh, i agree with everything you said and attribution is again an end outcome of a correct process if you look at attribution as your way to navigate the marketing landscape then i believe you find yourself in a in a problematic situation uh, um, general mcnamara in the american military called it uh, um i forgot the name the, sorry the mcnamara fallacy uh where basically where as a result of not measuring the correct things, you've you've created a flawed mechanism of the war to begin with. And I'm not getting uh, political here about the Vietnam War. And cut it out uh, this <laughs> this part of the of the podcast if we can't. But the point is this: you gotta make sure that the things you measure are are being used by you to make better decisions, but they're not guiding you towards the decisions. Uh, there are additional weights in the scale at the end of it. Uh, it's a compass. It's not a GPS. And actually about this, like uh, the survivor bias impact, you must remember in the Second World War, uh, the planes, like people are working on uh, the plane parts that, that they know that they got shot. But actually uh, those parts uh, are not important because planes were able to come back. Uh, but what important part is that the parts that didn't get 
uh, shot, didn't get shown in that picture because uh, you know that if they got shot from those parts, those planes were not able to come back. And this is same in marketing. Like we need to understand what is not working as well. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, it's not that easy in you know in many many industries. You can uh, measure by yield by very quick and dirty unit economics. So I. I talked about uh, how I love marketing, how I love uh, Nike's marketing and my, Nike's brand. Now, does that mean that all of their campaigns could be measurable and all of the emails that they sent me would be shown to, you know, I'm clicking on each and every one of them? No, but I love their marketing. I read every one of their emails, even if I'm not buying as a result of every one of their emails. I saw the latest collection. I loved it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at it at some point on my time, on my time. You don't, I'm the client. I call the shots. Uh, so in essence, getting too pushy with attribution is kind of like expecting your client to behave the way you want them to behave. But that's not how it works. They have their day. And especially if you're talking about decision makers, you know, good luck. They're, they have a meeting in one minute. They're already in a meeting right now and they clicked your ad. Good luck. If you feel like that the fact that they clicked your ad should mean automatically that boom, 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 and you have a demo and the, it just doesn't work like that. It's in, it, is, it is as if you, a marketer that would posit that, it's as if they never met a human, right? They're an alien coming to here and like, oh, I'm, no, these are humans. They have complex patterns of behavior. They have complex um, uh, 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 patterns of their attention. And to try and... Uh, uh, Roll it down to ah oh, clicked impression to click to lead to. It's nice. It's guard. It's like a compass. Again, you can use a compass to make sure that you're going north, not south. You need more tools than just a compass in order to to get to exactly where you need. You need an azimuth. You need you know you need to triangulate your topography. You need a lot of things than just a compass. A compass. Yeah, I believe. Uh, when it comes to B2C, uh, this estimating the approach approach might work. Like you can estimate it. Okay, if I'm if I give 50% discount, I know that at least 10% of these people will convert, will come to my website and buy because there is a discount, uh, and there's like limited time offer. But when it comes to B2B, I believe this is one of the parts that cannot be applied to B2B. Like you cannot estimate what your audience is going to do. 100%. They have departmental uh, 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 constraints. They have budget constraints. They have change management constraints that have very little to do with whether they want your product or not. If I, if I would go tomorrow to a, 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 a new, let's say I'm a director of Dimension in a new company, and I would really want to, you know, the first thing I would want is to make sure that I bring all of this data, data tool and that data tool and metadata and I, I'll sign my G2 partnership, blah, 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 blah. But I have no design or creative team. Yeah. My priorities are all wrong. Get design, get a design and creative team. Make sure you have a brand language. Make sure you know, you know, after you've bought that platform that you have an ad to run in it. Um, so again, going back to starting with the customer, putting ourselves in their shoes. Uh, uh, they know why they cannot buy today. They know. It's not a, 
oh, if you just give them a better pitch, they would do it. <laughs> if you just say uh, a generative and not uh, whatever, they would now change their entire... Uh, no, these are serious people you're talking about. These are educated people. These are, you know, team leaders, department leaders, even individual contributors. These are serious people and you expect them to behave uh, in a childish manner. I want this product right now. I cannot wait. It doesn't work like that. It's not, you know. And now we are speaking about, we've been speaking about how this journey is changed and how we like need to uh, differentiate our uh, value of offerings. We need to differentiate our content. And uh, when you think about it, what one thing uh, would you tell the other di- digital marketers out there to start, stop, and continue doing based on what you are seeing right now? It's I. I will not do the sin I uh, I preach against. There is no one advice to everyone. Other than we really need to understand where our offering sits in the context of our clients, in the full context of our clients. We need to see their objections as uh, a real reasoning that we need to help them solve uh, rather than let's just find the pitch that would work. Um, So to you marketers, I would say this. Try, try, and try again. And don't let the, res- the pure you know, uh, results be uh, uh, the determining factor of why you chose strategy A or strategy B, especially if it is a new approach. Uh, you are, you know, like when we ventured into any other new medium or new uh, campaign strategy or new ways of doing things, there, it's not like today, if you look at outbound email marketing, there's one way to do outbound email marketing, and that's, no. It's, there's this vertical and that vertical, decision makers and influencers and gatekeepers and da 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 and we got to do the same. Um, and the fact that it gets more complex doesn't mean that we need to get uh, uh, discouraged by it. It's, it's again, it's a, it's a positive thing because it would allow us to get to a point where we understand the needs and wants of our clients much like a B2C business understand theirs um and again i believe it's a it's a very good uh, uh trend line that we're uh, we're going after and about this uh in the beginning of this call you said now meta match uh is going good like the plg model is working well but if it didn't uh go well like if you launched the product and if you didn't see the results that you were expecting how would you pivot that approach what would you do try different things so let's okay so i'll I'll share what my uh, assumption was when targeting my assumption was uh uh, let's go to companies of about 100 employees nothing more nothing less and uh, uh, share with them how they can now have a tool that's in essence puts them alongside with the large-scale enterprises as far as their ability to target audiences luckily it worked for us luckily you know, the demand there mm-hmm. was there, the market was there. If it wasn't, let's take a look at another strategy. Should we take a look at smaller companies? Should we take a look at larger companies? Should our messaging be more about 
how uh, 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 it's just for your way to unlock Facebook? Should my messaging be more about uh, uh, um, it's not about uh, uh, ABX, ABX at all? It's, you know, classically gen and dimension. All of those are valid questions. And I don't know because I'm not a client in, in well, mm -hmm. yeah, but you get, in essence, yeah. I got to let them tell me what's working and what's not. Uh, some of it is by way of attribution. Some of it by, you know, in, in academia, we say there are quantitative metrics, but also qualitative metrics. And it's not one or the other. It's one with the other. You speak to your clients. You jump on a session with them. You see how they use your product. You, you take a look at the uh, uh, um, um, uh, product metrics that are uh, maybe not statistically significant, but still tell you about a trend line. You do all of that and you now have resol resolved the quantitative and the qualitative altogether into what I would like to think of as a comprehensive uh, view of your market, of your success in your market. And it's okay to fail if you just launch something. It's okay. It's absolutely okay if we just launch something and we would just have, let's say, 10 registrants inst instead of the hundreds we did. That's okay. Maybe we need to invest a little bit more in making the product more mature before they can use it. That's perfectly fine. And obviously, some of you are under the gun as far as the performance. So you'll need to run quicker increments uh, 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 to improve what it is that you're trying to do. But having a campaign that failed is by no means uh, a bad indicator. It is just uh, a way for you to understand, okay, this one didn't work. Let's eliminate that method and take what was good and working that we believe was good uh, 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 with this approach and clean out the things we didn't like and try to, to repackage it. Sometimes it would work, sometimes it wouldn't, but as long as you keep on iterating, keep on iterating, you are bound to find your way. You are bound to do it. That's amazing. Like, to be fair, I had the same experience and I'm coming back to our experiment again, cognizant versus uh, metadata. I did try that approach back in my previous company, back in with a previous data provider. I exported the list of my target accounts, uh, target people, uploaded them to metadata. But even though I was able to match uh, the list on metadata, since that list was not qualified enough, it didn't work. And I spent like maybe 10 grand in my previous company for nothing. But now that I... Like, I didn't say, okay, it is not working. This approach is bad. But I, I was like, okay, maybe the list was what the problem. What was missing to make this logically sound approach work? Absolutely. Yeah. What was it that was missing? Oh, the automation, so it wouldn't be a CSV. So it would be something that's cloud-based automatically. Ha, huh. so logical, right? It's not Yeah. <laughs> super logical. Well, makes sense. Well... Uh, it was amazing, Adi. Thank you so Thank much you. Uh, for be, being in the podcast. And to be fair, I learned a lot today. Same, so thank you so here. much. Um, there is nothing better than, you know, all of us uh, marketers who are, are trying to crack that nut of, of, of successful uh, uh, demand generation and successful account-based movement uh, uh, to meet together, to chat, to share ideas, uh, to try out things and, uh, you know, uh, iron sharpens iron and, and that would uh, make us all way, way better. So thank you so much for your time. 
and um, love that uh, you and I are both uh, uh, metadata clients as well as uh, people that are involved in this. So it's kind of uh, uh, we've we've had the same experience uh, with data tools connected to metadata. Again, Cognizant being an amazing one. Um, yeah, enjoy the time and uh, appreciate you. Thank you, Adi. Have a great day. You as well.